0: Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey from St. Peter Lutheran Church in Green, Iowa, and hopefully you are already aware, but we have canceled in-person worship services for this weekend, January 29 and 30. And I do want to let you know that Micah, Kristen, and I are all feeling much better after a week at home with COVID, and in a couple days we'll be ready to be around people again. But... It made sense to not have worship this weekend with enough people in the congregation, including me, who've been dealing with COVID and are quarantining right now. So thank you for joining me for an online worship sermon video. I'm recording here at church, but there's nobody else around, nobody else in the building right now. I want to invite you to go ahead and say hi in the comments. It's nice to see who's here with us today. And I hope that all of you are staying healthy, or if you're one of the other people in the congregation, and I know there are several who've been dealing with COVID this week, I hope that you're feeling better. If there's anything uh, that I or anyone else can do to help you, um, send me a message, call the church office, we'd love to help. At the beginning of the year, so a few weeks ago, I noticed that we would have three weeks in a row of assigned readings from 1 Corinthians. And all of them are focused on how the church is the body of Christ, this image Paul uses. And the church as the body of Christ seemed like a great topic to focus on leading up to our annual meeting, which was supposed to be today. So two weeks ago, I talked about the promise in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the first half of the chapter, that God has given each of us a variety of spiritual gifts. And in the church are all the gifts we need for the mission God calls us to. Then last week, we heard Paul continue by comparing the church to a physical body, the body of Christ. He talked about how each part of the body is important. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of smell or hearing be? He talked about each person in the church is needed. We're church together, the body of Christ together. And if you missed either of those weeks, I encourage you to go back, and you can do that since you're watching online, go back and watch those sermon videos because 1 Corinthians 12 is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. It's a wonderful image that Paul gives us. That brings us to today, the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, and I have part three of this mini-sermon series on being the body of Christ. So my intention was that chapter 13 would be a great reading for us leading right into our annual meeting. But for the second week in a row, or second year in a row, we've canceled in-person worship, we've postponed the annual meeting by a week. Last year it was for weather, this year it's for COVID. The weather's actually really nice this weekend. But for the second year in a row, here's an annual meeting sermon without the annual meeting. And it took us two weeks, like I said, to get through chapter 12, but chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians is much shorter. And you're probably familiar with at least some of these verses. See if it sounds familiar. Here's today's scripture reading, chapter 13 of Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. Paul writes, If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if that reading sounded familiar, it's probably because you've heard it at a wedding. Maybe you had it as a reading at your own wedding. I counted, and literally 50%, half of the weddings that I've done as a pastor have included this reading. And it makes sense, because Paul's talking about love. And weddings are about love, right? And if you're married, you should be patient and kind and not envious or boastful or rude or resentful. But Paul is not actually talking about marital love here. This reading is great for weddings, and that's fine, but weddings are not what Paul had in mind when he wrote this. Remember, he wrote this to a church that had been going through a lot of conflict. They'd been fighting about things like whose spiritual gifts are more important, they divided into different factions, they'd been fighting about the right way to worship. And so after talking about the importance of different spiritual gifts, how they're all in this together as a community, Paul spends an entire chapter of his letter reminding them why they're here in the first place, what their mission is. And that mission, Paul says, is love. Their mission, and our mission today as church, as the body of Christ in the 21st century in Green, Iowa, the mission is to reflect God's love. And what is that love? Well, this chapter is a description God's love is patient. God's love is kind. The love of God is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. And our call as church, our call as followers of Jesus, is to reflect that love, to share the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, God's Son. Our call is to imitate Christ's love, a love in which Jesus laid down his life for us. Everything else is secondary to that calling of love. Love is the most important thing. The Beatles sang, all you need is love. And that's not quite what Paul's point is. There's there's other details that are important too. This isn't the only chapter in the Bible or even in Paul's letter. But love is certainly the most important thing you need. So maybe not love is all you need, but love is something you need. The most important thing you need. The problem, the challenge in this passage, comes when we lose that focus on love. When we make other things more important than love. And that's true for all of us as Christians. It's especially true for churches. I've been listening to a great podcast recently from Christianity Today called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And it's all about a huge megachurch, Mars Hill Church, in Seattle. And the church started in 1996. By 2013, grew to over 12,000 people worshiping each weekend. And then in 2014, the church imploded. They declared bankruptcy. They closed. It was a national news story for a while. Part of their hypothesis in this podcast is that the church imploded because the focus... Drifted Away from Love. The focus became the pastor's ego, for a large part. The goal became growing as large as possible at any expense, not worrying about who might get run over in the process. The focus became growing and sustaining this massive, prestigious institution rather than sharing the love of Jesus. And it's a painful story to listen to, but it's a really detailed, interesting podcast. And I don't mention it because it's tearing down this other church or something like that. I think they're doing a really good job of not tearing down this church that's already imploded and falling apart. It's important to listen to, I think, for me, because it's understandable. It's so easy as Christians for us to drift away from God's call to love as our primary mission. And it's not just a problem for megachurches. It's also not just a problem for people in Corinth 2,000 years ago, right? Right? Plenty of churches fall into the trap all the time of worrying more about other things than about love, worrying more about their buildings than about their neighbors. Plenty of churches hold on to worship styles and traditions, even when those styles and traditions are outdated or become unfriendly to newcomers, and they don't ask, is this loving? Is there something we could do that would be more loving? Is this what God is calling us to do? Is this the most important thing? If you took a survey of unchurched people and you asked them, what is the first word you would use to describe Christians, would the word they come up with be love? Sometimes it might be. I hope so. Christians do a lot of loving things. But too often Christians, including us, get caught up in insisting on our own way, judging and condemning other people rather than reflecting this self-giving love of Jesus, yelling rather than loving. There are plenty of noisy gong Christians clanging in the world today, just like I'm sure that there were in Corinth. Sometimes it's us. Our congregation can make all the right decisions at our annual meeting next week. We can elect all the right people to church council. We can have the best constitution and the most up-to-date bylaws. We can do a great job maintaining our building. We can install the most up-to-date technology. And none of it matters without love. None of it matters if we lose sight of why we're doing it. We are here because God has loved us so that we can share the good news of God's love with our neighbors and with the world. I hope that you will give an offering this week. That's one of the challenges whenever we have to cancel in-person worship, and January is always a low month for offerings anyway. So if you feel called to give, you can mail in an offering check or drop it off or give online through the link in the video description, and if you do, thank you. But only do it if it's out of love. Don't give out of fear of the church falling apart or out of guilt or anything like that. That's not why I'm asking you to give. Only give if it's between you and God. If it's a response to God's love for you and God's generosity toward you. If you want to be involved in that mission of spreading God's love through this church or through wherever you're giving to. Paul Paul talks about all these great spiritual gifts like teaching and prophesying and speaking in tongues, and I would count giving and generosity in there too. But none of it, he says, serves God's mission if it's not done in love. The best music in the world, the most engaging preaching, the most beautiful prayer shawls, the tastiest fellowship treats, even being willing to sacrifice your whole self for a cause, all of that is great, but without love, it's meaningless. Without love, it's nothing. As Dr. Matt Skinner says, any gifts we've received from ministry are temporary and incomplete, meant to help us navigate our way through a dim world. It's love that matters. Love is not a gift. It's the point of all the gifts. Love is the point of all the gifts. Love is what we do with the gifts. One of the things that I learned this week, and I didn't know this before, even though I've talked about this passage before, one of the things I learned this week studying this chapter is that everything Paul says here about love is verbs. It's actions, not just descriptions. And that can be a little tough to see in our English translation. It says love is patient. Well, really, that's love waits patiently. Love acts kindly. Paul is describing here God's actions toward us, the way God loves you. And our love is lived out in the way that we act towards our neighbors and towards each other. That's what reflects Jesus. That's our witness, our actions, and our words. And of course, our witness is not going to be perfect. We can't do it perfectly, no matter how hard we try. We're human, we make mistakes. Whether it's as a church or as individuals, we make mistakes. We fall short. The love that Paul describes here is God's love. It's something for us to work to live up to as the Holy Spirit enables us and allows us and inspires us to live up to it. It's not something we can do on our own. The best we sinful people can do in this world is only a poor reflection of God's love. The image that Paul uses is a mirror. He says, seeing in a mirror dimly. And the kind of mirror that he's talking about, the kind of mirror they'd be using in first century Corinth would not be nearly as nice as the mirror I have in my bathroom at home. Think of looking at your reflection in a spoon or a pond or something like that. The outline is there, but not the details. And that's okay. One day, one day we'll fully grasp the love with which God loved us, One day we will see God fully. In the meantime, when we make decisions in this world, let's do our best to err on the side of love. When we make mistakes, let it be because we were too loving, too willing to trust. I think God will be okay with that. When everything else comes to an end, love remains. Sisters and brothers in Christ, may you know the love God has for you. A love that is patient and kind. A love that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And may you be moved by God's love for you to act in love, to love your neighbors, to share the love you have been given. Let us pray. God of love, you have made us out of love to be your people. You have called us to shine your light into the world. By your Holy Spirit, give us all that we need to carry out your mission. Stir us to use our gifts together to build your kingdom. Forgive us when we lose sight of your purposes and we try to go our own way. Keep us focused on the love you have revealed to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. A couple more things before we end this video. I hope that you'll be here next Sunday for our annual meeting, rescheduled for 1030 on Sunday morning, February 6th, right after our worship service at 930. We'll also have a Saturday service if you want to come to that, but I hope you'll come to the meeting on Sunday. At the meeting, we'll be passing a budget, doing some constitutional updates, and making some decisions on screens and a camera in the sanctuary, a couple cameras. And if you haven't read the annual report yet, if you planned to pick that up when you were here at church this weekend, go to the newsletter page on our church website or scroll down on the front page, click the link, and you can read both the annual report and a brief document explaining the proposal for screens and live streaming capabilities in the sanctuary. I will mention as well right now that if you have not yet signed up to be part of our church directory, please call the church office to get signed up. The online sign up is closed on Saturdays and Sundays with the thought that we'd have people signing up in person in worship. Uh, So you can't sign up online right now, but call the church office, leave a message. Robin can call you back um, and get you signed up or go to the website on Monday. Finally, I will be out of state for the next two weeks. I'll be at I'll be with family this weekend, and then I'll be in Minneapolis at the ELCA's Youth Ministry Extravaganza Continuing Education event, so there will not be an online sermon video for the next two weekends, since with our current setup, I'm the only one putting that together. So I will see you in three weeks online on February 20th. Now, receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Thanks be to God.